Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 12 through 14 called, If a Man Dies, Will He Live Again? Verses 13 through 15, Job reiterates God's sovereignty and power. Part of what Job is saying is that we can't put God in a box. He is good, but he's not tame. Or as we learn in the C.S. Lewis stories, he's good, but he's not always safe. (laughs) And here's God. And God has a history of doing these kinds of things like he inundates the earth with a flood. He tears down and who can rebuild He imprisons. Jonah tried to run from him and Jonah ended up in prison three days in the belly of a great sea monster. He restrains the waters and he dries them up. He dried up the path of the Red Sea. He sends them out to inundate the earth. He flooded the earth. God is strong and powerful. He has control over natural disasters. He flooded the world in judgment. He used a fish to track down Jonah and bring him back to his mission. What is Job saying, you ask, simply this? Maybe your system, in quotes, how you've put God in a box is not really how God is at all. See, God is God and God does what he pleases. He God, me not. He made the world and the universe, I did not. And Job is saying, maybe, guys, Maybe we need to leave a little wiggle room for God doing things outside of our box that we've created. With him, 16, our strength and sound wisdom, the misled and the misleader belong to him. He makes counselors, notice all the lofty titles here, walk barefoot. He makes fools of judges. He loosens the bond of kings, binds their loins with a girdle. He makes priests, religious leaders, walk barefoot and overthrows the secure ones. He deprives the trusted ones of speech, takes away the discernment of the elders, the respected leaders of a culture. He pours contempt on nobles and loosens the belt of the strong. I'm sure you can think of your stories of counselors, judges, kings, priests, and nobles, elders, who felt so secure, looked so discerning, so solid, and their life was turned upside down in a microsecond. How about old Nebuchadnezzar? Goes out on his patio. This is the great Babylon that I have built. (laughs) God hears and says, oh yeah, Nebuchadnezzar? I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Your hair's gonna grow long. You're gonna paint your long fingernails. You're going out on the lawn and you're gonna eat grass for seven years until you realize I'm running the universe, not you. How about King David? God raised up King David from a shepherd boy and David had everything at his fingertips but he chased after another man's wife and God knew what was going on and God sent the prophet Nathan to David and Nathan told David a story about these two families and you know the story and finally Nathan says to David, you are that man. And David has to now deal with the loss of a child trying to clean up a mess that he hid for a year. 
David knew this. Belshazzar knew it. He saw the writing on the wall. King Herod knew how quickly God could change your day or your year or end your life when you don't give honor to him. Religious leaders are no exception. God has dealt over the years with priests, high priests, false prophets, you name it. God is God, we are not. And God reveals mysteries from the darkness, 22. He brings the deep darkness into light. He makes nations great, then destroys them. He can raise up a people and then take them down. He enlarges the nations and then he then leads them away. He deprives of intelligence the chiefs of the earth's people, makes them wander in a pathless waste. They grope in darkness with no light. He makes them stagger like a drunken man. A drunken man. Now remember, Job is responding to Zophar and the other speeches, but Job is saying, look, I think God is much bigger and maybe unpredictable than you guys think. I, I'll give you a case example right now. I love this country. I love America. I love the freedom that we have here. I know we're an imperfect nation, but we have a lot to celebrate, amen, as Americans. But we are still a nation and still an imperfect nation. And if we get too proud and we think that we're all that because we're America, we have to be careful. We need to cry out to God because God can raise up nations and take them down. And we have a lot of talk going on. We're the greatest you know, nation that's ever been on the face of the earth. That may be in terms of how you weigh that and whatever, we could have a debate about it. But we better be careful because I believe our greatness is related to God's grace. Would you agree? And that's what Job is saying. He's saying, look, before you get all high and mighty and think this couldn't happen to you, it happened to me. And it could happen to you. God raises up and takes down. Think of Israel, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. You could blow most of those nations into the dust because they were once uh, so powerful seemed so unbeatable. And then God said, enough is enough. He did it to his own people. Assyria, he allowed to destroy the northern kingdom. Babylon took down the southern kingdom and took Israel into captivity for 70 years. So Job may be saying something like this. No people or no nation should get all high and mighty or prideful for God can bring us low. God doesn't fit with your system, gentlemen, and he never did. See, Job is starting to learn some things about God that maybe we need to learn as well. I'm not saying Job has everything perfectly right, but I think he's throwing something out that is uncomfortable for his friends. We move into chapter 13. Praise the Lord. Behold, my eye has seen all this. My ear, Job continues, has heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you, but I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue with God, but you smear with lies. You are worthless physicians. And all God's people said, ouch, Job, worthless. Wow. 
His friends had come from afar to bring comfort to his life. And he says, you guys are worthless to me. You're worthless doctors. Doctors are supposed to try to heal the patient. You've done nothing but cause additional hurt to me. You're worthless. How many of you remember the woman with the hemorrhage for 12 years? Mark 5, 26 says she had endured much at the hands of many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not helped at all. In fact, Mark says her condition became worse and she heard about Jesus. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. And remember in the midst of the crowd with everybody pressing into Jesus, so much to do, so many people in need, she reached out the hand of faith, grabbed the edge of his cloak, and she was healed. Her blood disorder dried up after 12 long years. And Jesus turned and said, who touched me? And the apostles said, Lord, everybody's touching you. Do you see the mass of humanity? No, Jesus said, somebody touched me with the touch of faith because power went out of me. And he looked and the woman was there trembling. Remember? And Jesus reassured her. Aware of what happened to her, came and fell down at Jesus' feet. She told him the whole truth of her situation. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I need a great physician. I need a doctor for my soul. How many of you have gone to the doctor before? You put it off, you put it off, you put it off. You go to the doctor and he gives you two prescriptions to pick up. And you already have three at home of the same medication. You're like, I went to the doctor and he said, here, take this, take two of these and don't call me in the morning. <laughs> He's like, what was I doing? I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. But I'm saying, look, we need the ultimate physician. These guys have done nothing for Job. In fact, Job follows it up. He says, he says oh, that you would be completely silent. <laughs> Loose translation, shut up. And that it would become your wisdom. Job needs some gospel medicine, not more of the same old, same old. Telling people just to think positive, don't worry. I'll be happy. Do good and the universe will do good back to you. Say what? Just speak to the universe when you eat the cookie. Oh, universe. This cookie is not going to make me gain one pound. <laughs> you are out of luck because the universe has no personality. There's one running the universe. His name is God. Have you ever prayed before you ate dessert? Maybe you should. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a theological conundrum. <laughs> Have you ever sat around, listened to the talking heads and thought, what in the world is that going to do? What will that produce? If I address a group of 100 people at a memorial service and I don't tell them about the gospel medicine when every person sitting in that room knows they're going to face their own mortality, what have I done for them? Oh, yes. Yes. We need to be gracious. Oh, yes, 
We've all sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Oh yes, I need to hear the story of the good news of Jesus. But if we don't tell people about the gospel medicine, the remedy of the great, greatest physician of all, amen, what are we doing? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Have you ever sat around, listened to the talking heads, and thought, what in the world is that going to do? What will that produce? If I address a group of 100 people at a memorial service, and I don't tell them about the gospel medicine when every person sitting in that room knows they're going to face their own mortality. What have I done for them? Oh, yes, we need to be gracious. Oh, yes, we've all sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Oh, yes, I need to hear the story of the good news of Jesus. But if we don't tell people about the gospel medicine, the remedy of the great, greatest physician of all, amen, what are we doing? I heard Alistair Begg say earlier on his broadcast, if we sit there and have a man in the pulpit who doesn't believe in the cross, the resurrection, the virgin birth, he doesn't believe any of it, why is anybody gonna bother to come to churches? You might as well go play golf or do something else. And he's right. Even a fool when he keeps silent is considered wise. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. When he closes his lips, he is counted prudent. Job says, maybe silence should be the new norm for you guys. Or you've heard it put this way. Better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open it and dispel all doubt. And that's where Job is with these guys. Please hear my argument, six. Listen to the contentions of my lips. Will you speak what is unjust for God? Speak what is deceitful for him? Will you show, verse 8, partiality for him? Will you contend for God? Will it be well when he examines you? Or will you deceive him as one deceives a man? He will surely reprove you. If you secretly show partiality, will not his majesty terrify you? The dread of him who 
of him fall on you? Your memorable sayings and proverbs of ashes, your defenses are defenses of clay. Do you ever get nervous for people who say they're speaking for God and you hear what they say and you're like, oh my, my, my. Uh, that's not what God says about that subject. And people talk, but one day, guess what? You gonna get a personal interview with God. <laughs> and that's why the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers because we will incur the stricter judgment, James 3.1. Look, I take that very seriously. That's why I try to study my Bible diligently <laughs> so I can present it to you faithfully. And of course, we know God has grace for us and all of that, but Job is saying, you've misrepresented God. You've claimed to speak for God, but your arguments are ashes. Your defenses are clay. They're brittle. They're nothing. They're empty. Be silent before me so that I may speak, 13, then let come on me what may. They've been warning Job not to talk to God the way he has. But Job says, why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? And then he says famously, though he slay me, I will hope in him. And nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. They kept saying to Job, Job, don't say that. You can't say that. And Job was like, who else am I going to say it to? He's my only hope and my only answer. So I'm going to be as gracious as I can with my words, but I'm still going to inquire. I'm still going to put my case. I'm still going to say, why, Lord? I'm still going to try to understand. And if he slays me, if he takes my life, I know I'm taking my life in my hands right now. I'm bracing myself for danger. But even if he slays me, I will hope in him. This is the only approach to Job that makes sense. I must bring my arguments to my God and my maker. And this also will be my salvation. For a godless man may not come before his presence. Would you all hold your place in Job? Go to Philippians chapter one. I wanna show you in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, Philippians one, uh, this exact phraseology and language is used uh, in Job as used by Paul in the Greek language in Philippians 1.19. Let's take a look together. Paul is in prison. He's talking about um, good things have come from his crisis or his trial. Even though some people are jumping on board and doing things out of selfish ambition and so forth, Job appreciates what's happening, or I'm sorry, Paul appreciates what's happening because the gospel at least is being preached. And he says, uh, Philippians 1.19, I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance or my salvation through your prayers or intercessory prayers and the provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything but that with all boldness Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body whether by life or by death for to me, to live is Christ, and what's your Bible say? And to die is gain. Can I suggest if you've never done this before, you fill in this blank. For to me, to live is, here's your blank line. What would your wife say? To him, to my husband, to live is, 
What's the answer? Motorcycles. Golf. Baseball been very, very good to me. Soccer. <laughs> Whatever, right? Or if you looked at your wife, to her to live is Gucci. <laughs> I don't know. I got to make this up. I don't know, ladies. The mall. Do you see? If you can say to me to live is Christ, then you can say to die is gain. That's Paul. That's, hey, my suffering, whatever the Lord wants to do with me, I'm okay with because I've trusted for me to live as Christ. Go back to Job. I have to ask myself this question. To me, to live is what? Who? For a lot of our culture, it's to me, to live is me. Right? For a lot of our culture, it's to me, to live is money. Me and money. To me, to live is social media. <laughs> Fill in the blank. See, this is some of what we have to wrestle with. Paul reached into the book of Job, it would appear, using the same language, I know this will turn out for my salvation. So Job goes on in 13.17. He says, listen carefully to my speech. Let my declaration fill your ears. 13.18. Behold, now I've prepared my case. I know that I will be vindicated. Confidence. Who will contend with me? For then I would be silent and die. Job has considered his approach carefully, but he believes he'll be vindicated in the end. He's a believer, and so he must come to God. But he says, only two things do not do to me, or grant me these two things, then I will not hide from your face. Remove thy hand from me, and let not the dread of thee terrify me. Please, Lord, lift your hand. Please, Lord, lift your dread. You've been listening to If a Man Dies, Will He Live Again? Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapters 12 through 14. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on the Apple Music app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, certainly Job is talking about how powerful God is. We could say God's sovereignty. He controls everything. So sometimes we might be thinking, you know, everything I'm building, God could take it away at any moment. And you know what? That's true. Because God is God. You're breathing his air. <laughs> He's the one that made you. And you know, Solomon uh, decries this fact in Ecclesiastes. He says, you know, everything that I'm building, someone else, I'm going to leave it to somebody else and who knows how they'll take care of it. But my friend, what we're building is something way beyond physical things, whether they be buildings or statues or whatever they might be or a legacy. We're building toward the kingdom of God, something that's going to last forever. And we've got to change our thinking. Instead of worrying about what we're going to leave behind, Let's ask the question, what are we sending ahead? <laughs> and I think even though these are real tough issues, 
you know what? God wants to bless us, and that's what we need to realize, that whenever God takes away, he adds. And we may not even see that always in our lifetime, but I think as believers, that's what the the big picture is all about. We're going to inherit everything. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So don't let those thoughts get you down. We're going to inherit the kingdom of God and everything that goes with it. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. That is amazing. Well, hey, I'd like to take a moment to thank uh, some donors, part of really our Walk in Truth family. Damon from Los Angeles, thank you. Lillian from Palm Desert. Cindy from Anaheim, who's become a monthly partner. And Johnny from Bakersfield, giving you a shout out as a monthly partner. Hey, we just wanted to say a big thank you on behalf of myself and the staff of Walk in Truth. We're so grateful that you pray for us, that you're partnering with us. You know, I got a note this week from a radio listener, and it was just a reminder of how the broadcast impacts people, even on a commute, time that might almost seem like a bummer, you know, spent in the car now is redeemed for the purposes of God, and he can use that and exploit it. And what a blessing. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. God bless you, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapters 12 through 14 called, If a Man Dies, Will He Live Again? I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.